Hello, my wonderful KCSS listeners. This is your host, Chanel, of the Jam On It podcast. I have a new artist for you to jam out to because I am bringing you the sounds of Brooklyn with this indie synth dream pop artist, Kevin Markson, aka his project, Endearments, and I'm completely obsessed. I think Kevin is a genius when it comes to synths and bass and his songwriting, and we get to talk a little bit more about his project, Endearments. He just released his debut EP, Father of Wands, which is completely stellar, and we're going to play a couple of tracks off that EP, and we talk a little bit more about the New York music scene kevin shares with me who's his top five artist on spotify what he ate for thanksgiving and he breaks down one of my favorite songs ocean on his ep and we're gonna listen to that right now here on 91.9 kcss
welcome to my Jam On It podcast, Kevin. Nice to be here. Yeah, and to make you extra special, you are my last interview for 2021. Oh, cool. All right, so end of the year. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's December now. Exactly, yeah, and also I think people are too busy during the holidays, so I was like, you know what, let's just wrap it up, just like Spotify already did their wrap. Everybody was putting out their wrap today. I feel like, you know, even people who don't fundamentally do agree with the politics of Spotify and how they pay out artists, everybody still wants to post their top five bands that they listened to this year or, you know, how many plays their music got or anything like that. I think off and on, I felt like, eh, I don't need to see everybody's top artists, but this year it's actually been kind of fun. Yeah, especially that we've been in a pandemic for over a year. But speaking of which, what is your top five? I'll pull it up. Muna, Japanese Breakfast, Bon Iver, The War on Drugs, and The National. I love Muna and they're fantastic live. So here's mm-hmm. my top five. And I'm really surprised that I've been listening for over 7,000 minutes. But number one, I have Gary Newman. Two, nice. Cannons. Three, Bishop Briggs, four, Fits in the Tantrums, and five, The Killers. That's cool. I love The Killers. I like Gary Newman as the top at works. I see that. That's very cool. That's a great list. Obviously, Thanksgiving just passed. What's your favorite food item? Actually, you know what's really funny is I had Thanksgiving dinner and then traveled out to do Thanksgiving, and then I came back, and then what I went and got that evening was Popeye's chicken. Because I, which I never eat. I mean, I probably haven't had Popeye's chicken in like five or six years, but it just was like, I didn't want to cook. I didn't really want to buy anything expensive. And there's one just like a few blocks away from me. So I just walked up and got that. A nice to be reminded that number one, it's way better than KFC. And I see that you disagree with me. <laughs> the year before I went to KFC for Thanksgiving. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my friend, we both love KFC over Popeye's. But you know what? I will give Popeye's this. They make really great apple like turnovers like that, like uh, apple dessert. Yeah. That's bomb. Good thing. I'm like, you know what? This interview's over. You said Popeye's. Is better. Yeah, I, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, so this is cheesy. But what are you thankful for? You know, honestly, New York, like Brooklyn music scene has been really good. It kind of kicked off maybe in late May, middle of June, as soon as vaccinations were available to people who are in their 20s and 30s here in New York. It suddenly shows were happening everywhere. And the venues that did survive, the, the bars and venues that were able to make it through, there were people at every single show, like my band Endearments played, I think in July or mid-June, it was sold out immediately. Just everyone wanted to be at every show. Everybody's going to everything all the time. And I think the scene here is kind of contracted a little bit. There are still so many bands in Brooklyn, but there are less than there were prior to the pandemic. And so I feel like there's a very much like a community vibe to Brooklyn and Bushwick music scene, especially right now. So I've been really thankful for that. That's what I was going to ask. That was one of my questions was because like mainly I listen to a lot of music. I'm from California, so I'm like listening to music a lot from L.A. or like, you know, from the U.K. And then I'm seeing like this growing music scene in Brooklyn. I was like, wait a minute, what is New York doing that's pushing that for? So you're saying that, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, we're like in lockdown and then all of a sudden we're getting vaccinated, live music is coming. And it's just like, it's just this push of like new music then. 
Yeah, and you know, I think it's sort of interesting, right? There, uh, sort of historically, post 9-11, there was this huge surge in music that happened, right? That is the era of the Strokes, that's the era of Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, that's the, all of these bands that sort of existed for 9-11. There was this thing that happened where everyone just was suddenly so hungry for music and sort of had this attitude of just like, if we're going to do, we got to do it now. Like, this is our opportunity. Like, this is the moment to sort of go like a little crazy. And I think that what's interesting is that I sort of felt like I really saw it coming just as things were kind of like coming out, maybe like March, April of this last year. I remember saying like, it's going to pop off. Like people are going to be so excited to play and so excited to go see shows that it's just going to do something here where like the community of bands and the people that like going to shows and like really are interested in in music here in Brooklyn are going to go crazy that they're going to be at shows. It also feels like it's growing too. I'm seeing more and more new people and it's been wild and very exciting. You know what's interesting too is that good music happens after like a travesty. (laughs) You're not wrong. Art comes like crashing in to help, I think, tell people's stories. There's so much new good music out that it feels really difficult to keep track of it. Speaking of how I heard your project endearments, I got an email. I'm always surprised of like how many like publicists have me emails because like how the hell did I get my email? (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) But it's honestly, I'm thankful for that because that's a way I discover new music. And so anyway, I'm like, okay, before I even read your bio, I'm like, let me listen to the music. And I'm a total synth junkie. Like I love synth pop. I'm wearing a new order hoodie. Hell yeah. (laughs) So I was like, oh my gosh, this is like amazing. This is really good. Now you're welcome. I'm like, okay, now who is this guy? Right. So I'm reading and you were part of St. Maryland. I was like, no freaking way. I love St. Maryland. And oh, nice. (laughs) I actually did an EP review on Tangle for another college radio station and the article is still Uh, up under archives. Sure. So when I found out, you know, Kevin from Endearments is also from St. Maryland. I was like, okay, I got to interview him. This is a total like full circle moment. Oh, that makes me really happy. Yeah, St. Maryland was a great band. I loved that Tangle EP. That was a, a record that had some big, yeah, 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 has influence. And Shay, who sang on that, is an amazing singer and a great musician. It was a great record. And honestly, it's, it's really fun to hear anybody just be like, hey, that was a good one. And I really enjoyed it. And yeah, you know, even some of the earliest songs here for Endurance, there's a, a song called Left Side that was kind of like came from the tail end of St. Maryland. That was a song that was originally written for St. Maryland. And that, like I took over and kind of used as the jumping off point for this and it's been really cool you were in st maryland but you're also in projects uh joyce fair vision so what have you learned about like each project that kind of like help you being the forefront in endearments i still play in joyce which is awesome i play bass it's really like lo-fi sort of like surfy pop and what's so fun about that actually is that Anjali Nair who plays guitar in Endearments is the guitarist for Joyce as well. Joyce has been great because I think more than any other band that I've played in it just feels really comfortable to play that music just really fun and chill and like everyone just sort of locks in really well. The music is like good pop music that doesn't require that kind of like crazy concentration to make sure that everything is you know like exactly where it needs to be 
everybody sort of just sits back into it. And that's what's really fun to play that kind of tune. And it just was the first thing in a while that I played that was really guitar focused. Cause I'd just been obviously in St. Maryland, it was all synths. We didn't even have guitars. It was just bass guitar, which is what I played. And then, so yeah, I played in Joyce before Endearments and it really was nice and kind of reminded me how much I love the guitar after years and years of kind of like leaving that to the side. And then actually Fair Visions, it's really awesome, very new ordery, very like synth poppy pop, more, I guess, post-punk than anything else. I started playing bass live for them and that's actually kind of the total opposite. That one I have to really focus in because like we're really tight to what gets played, really have to be well-practiced, really focused because everything is tight. So I kind of have like two ends of the spectrum there. And so what's nice is that Endure was kind of falls right in the middle. And honestly, I wish that your EP was like a lot longer, like a full album. Cause I was like, wait, now I'm done with the EP. So now I'm just going to play it on repeat then. <laughs> Uh, well, I appreciate I appreciate that. I well, I'm not a very prolific songwriter. I've got to admit that I just don't write songs quickly. But I do have five or six songs that I'm working on right now, which I'm very excited that hopefully sometime early next year there will be more music out. I like to finish things and then kind of let them sit for a little bit and then go back to them. And that's another thing that I love about Endearments is not just the synths, but your songwriting is superb. I have to say, uh-oh, thank you. And my favorite track is Ocean. And I just want to recite your lyrics because I just want someone else to make me feel beautiful when I'm by myself. And I know that you recently came out of a relationship. And so, you know, sharing your experience, maybe you could give me some insight on like why it's important to maybe find a healthy relationship or have a relationship that respects boundaries or find someone that's like even supportive and but also kind of lets you like be yourself and be alone at times. You know, it's funny because I do think that actually something that's really important to me is sort of that alone time and in sort of that, you know, like space, like I have OCD, like I have clinical OCD and I'm medicated and things like that for it. But like, I do find that it's really easy for me to have uh, like a certain amount of just anxiety. And so it's funny because as a person, the amount of time I need to sort of just like be quiet and like take some time to like think these through and decide how I feel about something, right, is really important to me. And I think it's interesting kind of coming out of a relationship and writing songs about that relationship, especially because interestingly enough, most of the time I write about something, that thing has happened a few years earlier and I've sort of digested it in my brain and like come up with what I really think about it, like how I feel about it. These songs happened less than six months after getting out of a really long-term relationship and came really quickly. So they're far more raw, I think, in content and in thought than most of what I've written. And I think there's something very cathartic about that, but I also feel like when you look at those lyrics, like the lyrics you're talking about, they're just like emotions that are just sort of emotions. I don't really go far, I think, on any of these songs and sort of like explaining kind of like any of the context or any of what's going on around those songs. They're just big emotions, right? And then the story about it and like the thinking about it after the fact is where all that narrative and all the tarot card like imagery and all that other stuff sort of gets applied backwards onto it. You mentioned how your songwriting is very raw. It's super intimate. Like even if the lyrics is like, oh damn. And when I'm listening (laughs) to this, (laughs) when I'm listening to your music, it's almost as if 
I knew exactly what you went through without really being at the moment. And so that's why I'm saying like, it's super detailed and stuff. So, you know, you're telling me how you did a show, it was sold out. And let's say you're at a show, you're seeing your fans singing back to you. What's your reaction? Because obviously your fans didn't share the same experience as you did, but yet maybe somewhat they kind of relate like to me it's like do you get weirded out when you see someone like singing the songs back to you when it's your own story sure that's a really interesting question I don't know I think one of the benefits of something that I think is a little bit more like emotionally broad is that also this can mean what you want it to mean and it can be personal to you too right like ocean specifically is about like watching someone that you're in love with fall in love with someone else that's the like elevator pitch for what that song's about and it's interesting because it is not a song that is very like, woe is me that this is happening. It's really more looking at a situation where you feel very strongly for someone. You see that person reflecting those same strong feelings that you have for them to someone else. And that sort of parallelism between those two things is where you sort of step back and go, well, I want something good for me with someone else where I can receive that like kind of reciprocity of affection. And you do too, right? It's not that that song is necessarily even like a condemnation of that thing. It's just really looking at that moment and going, I think when you've been in a relationship for a long time, you see things more pragmatically, right? Like this is not an emotion of like, I'm crushed because this is happening. It's more of an emotion of going like, what is actually good and healthy for two people that are growing apart? And you see in all the songs on this album, I think are just a lot of that. What does it mean to have like reasonable boundaries with someone who is looking for more than you can give them? What does it mean to know when something is over? Like all of these are the questions that I've asked. And I think a lot of people have felt that getting out of a very short-term relationship where there's just like really intense emotions or if it's something that's much longer and there's more of those kind of practical feelings about it. There's something in these songs I think you can latch on to. So I hope people get excited about it and they want to sing it and they want to be a part of that. All right. So I just want to make sure you don't get weirded out if I'm like seeing Ocean or Delicate or even Annika. <laughs> no, go for it. I'd be happy. You'll probably remember the lyrics better than me. If you need someone to do a teleprompter, just think of me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's good. Let's make sure you're at every show. <laughs>
Most of these songs come from like some heartache or like you mentioned, kind of unrequited love. And but essentially they all come from the feeling of being in love. So would you consider yourself a romantic person? I think so. Now I've been in a, a new relationship for a little while now. And I feel like I'm writing songs that are far more, I think, like celebrations of what it feels like to like have those kind of like really kinetic moments with somebody that you're falling in love with right and Annika actually is one of those songs two people love each other but you haven't really said it yet and I think that that's a really fun theme and I'm finding more of that I don't know how many more songs are going to happen that are going to be really sort of focused on that sort of like on breakup and things like that. So when it comes to your songwriting process and do you have the lyrics written out first? Do you have a synth melody in mind or like bass riff that's going on? Sure, that's a great question. Sort of all of the above. I think I am writing out mostly complete songs. It might be a bass riff that I've written for the whole song. I'm singing over that. I might have written it all out on piano first. In many cases, I may have written out like the top lines and the chords and like kind of the structure of the song, but I'm still working through lyrics. The last thing that almost always happens is the composing, like the actual composition, right? And so the synths and all of that's me composing that. I spend a lot of time using like a MIDI sequencer. And so I'm kind of write and compose those things. And then after that, I'll record some like scratch drums and some bass and some scratch vocals. And that's when kind of at that point is when I start bringing in like collaboration from friends like Anjali or Will Haywood Smith is a drummer. He's a great drummer in New York. He plays drums and instruments. And so like, I'll start getting them involved and then we'll be adding things on top of that. And then we might change the compositions after that. But the songs themselves, I think most of the time, yeah, are like, I'll write a bass riff and then I'll start writing lyrics over the top of that or for piano. Occasionally there will be a song that is just a really cool like synth riff that turns into a song. And actually the song Empress is one of those where I wrote these like two parts, spell parts at the beginning where it's like bum, 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 bum. And then that riff that plays in the chorus 
that was written kind of like as its own part and then everything was assembled around that but those parts were the essential parts and then everything kind of expanded on top of that I want to form like an acapella like group for like endearments and we're like pa 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 <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's what we'll do you know that's the next that's how we'll do the next show yeah I'll just get everyone to come in and, and bop it sure I'm very excited for someone who has to sing like the slap bass parts like <laughs> yeah like, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop that. you were talking about how you know it's dark bids dancey pop and obviously you know father of wands EP it's something where like I could dance to and cry at the same time. Sure, yeah. I think that's why I love Mona, right? Like to take it back to where we started, Mona is like these big, dancey, like incredible pop songs. And then they're so depressing. And I really love that all the songs and all the music that I love the most is sad music, right? Them as a band, I do like writing tunes that are bops, but that are also really sad. And I will not be stopping doing that anytime soon that's how i've always written music get ready for more sad bops you mentioned earlier how there's like a tarot card theme to your ep so what's the future what's your new year's resolution for endearments finish a full length i think is that's the new year's resolution i decided to self-produce this one so the last record was produced by ariel low incredible producer i've really really made it my purpose to record the next one myself and to produce it myself all on tape, not using a laptop, right? Like not recording anything digitally. And I thought that this would be a lot easier than it actually is. It is incredible to me how much like something like Logic makes. You have Logic on your computer, you've got so much that you need to make a record, right? Like even make demos for a record whatever you need, Pro Tools, you're good to go. Like all of those plugins, when you don't have them anymore, has to be physical equipment to do the same thing. So like parametric equalizers and DSers and compressors and limiters and all of those things have to be like physical pieces of gear. And so over time, it sort of started as this like lightly ambitious idea to record some music to tape and has kind of like spiraled into this big project of, sort of assembling a small studio and then also producing a record with it. Gives it a far more retro feel. You're gonna recognize a bit more like new ordery kind of feeling to it and a bit more the cure and like stuff like that from era of when sort of MIDI studios and stuff were far more popular. And speaking of throwback, when I listen to Endearments, I'm like, if John Hughes, the filmmaker was still alive today, making his coming of age, like teen angst movies. I feel like he would totally insert an endearment song in one of his movies. You know, that'd be great for me. Get that sync money. That'd be really fun. He'd get in delicate in one of those big emotional moments in a John Hughes film. What's a movie that makes you cry? Oh, wow. Okay. That's a great question. What is the movie that I cried to most recently? Man, I'll tell you the movie that where I've just could not where I just lost it was Fruitville Station. Have you seen Fruitville Station? Yes. Oh my God. I just sobbed my eyes. I remember I went and saw that at Nighthawk Theater in New York and everyone in the audience just lost it. That is an incredible movie. That movie makes me cry. I don't really watch a lot of anime ever, but in the last year I saw a movie called Your Name 
which is sort of like it's a full length movie that movie made me sob as well but also it has an incredible soundtrack there's a band called the Radwimps that does the soundtrack for this director's movies so that one and then I think Weathering With You is another one of his is more recent and they both have these incredible huge soundtracks and it made me also realize like how susceptible to a good soundtrack and like hitting the right like musical beat matters to making a movie like make you cry you know like when they build it up just the right way and then it opens up at that moment where it gets the most emotional that'll make me sob all right well thank you so much kevin for your time oh i appreciate it thanks for having me on have a really great holiday we fought strongly for an endless summer kid thought I was yours, but I could never be enough for you like this. You have a gift for turning words to plans. Turning them over and then putting all your hopes in my hands. You give it
I hope that song gave you the feels. It surely did for me. You just heard Delicate from Endearments and on my interview is Kevin Markson, the brainchild behind this project. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining me on my Jam On It podcast. But most importantly, thank you, KCSS listeners, for listening to my podcast for almost a year. And it's sad to say that this is my last podcast for 2021. I will be back next year, hopefully with more interviews. But in the meantime, you can follow Endearments at Endearments on all social media. Make sure you stream, you download, you purchase Kevin's project on Bandcamp. Show that you support indie artists. Kevin, keep making those sad bops because you definitely have a fan here in California. As always, hasta la vista.